Hi. Good day to you, dear listener. I want to bid you a very warm welcome once again to my podcast. Today, we are going to continue from where we left off last week. We're going to continue with the series, The Devices of the Enemy. Before we begin, shall we bow down our heads for a word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you so much for today. The Bible says that today is a day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We are glad for the day and so we rejoice in it. Thank you for giving us this blessed opportunity to hear from you. Father, soften our hearts. Let our hearts be as the fertile ground mentioned in the parable of the sower. That the word of God, the seed of the gospel, shall fall on these fertile grounds and they will germinate. We shall reap fruits thirtyfold, sixtyfold, even a hundredfold to the glory of your holy name. Let us be doers of your word, that we shall be blessed indeed in all that we do, think, or say. In Jesus' name I will pray with thanksgiving. The saints will say, Amen. Okay, so um, we are continuing with our series. Last week I mentioned that um, the series will have three episodes. So today we are taking the second episode. Then we will end the series that's Devices of the Enemy next week when we will have our last episode. Okay, so let's do a little RPK here, revising previous knowledge. Um, what did we talk about last week? Um, we talked about the fact that um, temptation is a device of the enemy, right? Of course, the topic of the whole series is devices of the enemy. And we've, we've singled out in on um, temptation. And we learned that it comes, from, it comes from the enemy. And temptation is aimed at making you sin either immediately or ultimately in the long run. And we also learned about two kinds of temptation. That's temptation by enticement, then temptation through endurance. And we looked at the temptation by enticement last week into detail. And uh, we said that it is aimed at immediate self-gratification. You know, it comes and goes. And uh, the devil works this kind of temptation through our pleasures, our vanities, and false doctrines. So that's uh, the tidbits, some tidbits of what we studied last week. So without further ado, we're going to zoom in uh, onto what we have for today. So the focus for today is temptation through endurance. So you can title uh, this, this message devices of the enemy to temptation through endurance temptation through endurance all right now what is this kind of temptation this is the second time this is the second type of te- temptation we are looking at and what is it well temptation through endurance causes you to sin just like any other temptation by abandoning the face eventually after a period of hardship, tribulation, or trial. So, this kind of temptation does not come and go. It's not enticing. It actually stays with you. And you need to endure over a long period of time. It could be a trial. It could be a temptation. Um, um, sorry, a hardship. It could be a tribulation. And it's aimed at making you abandon the faith in the long run weakens your faith day by day and if you're not on guard eventually you throw in the towel and you give up but you don't need to give up right (laughs) because the bible says that we are not of those that draw back onto perdition but of those that believe unto the saving of the soul hallelujah 
So this is who we are. This is our nature. So we never give up. We never throw in the towel. Press on to receive the prize. So while the first kind of temptation needs to be dealt with swiftly, this one has to be endured, as I said. Because as you endure it, your strength is renewed. Eventually, it paves way for your freedom and prosperity. Because it couldn't overcome you. That's why you need to endure. But eventually, you'll see the daylight. Eventually, you'll come out of the tunnel. Now, this is the test of the Christian life. This kind of temptation we are talking about is actually the test of the Christian life. Listen, the Christian life is not an escape. When I say an escape, people people believe that you know they want to they, 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 they want to be blessed, they want to be rich, you know, they want to have a baby, they want to get out of a certain problem, and so they become Christians. While that is not necessarily wrong in itself, that is not Christianity. You know, the Bible says that we, we are called as soldiers, you know, and so we need not entangle ourselves with the affairs of this world. And what does a soldier do? A soldier does not have a rosy life. A soldier does not just eat and dine and wine. No, <laughs> a soldier doesn't have it all easy. Soldier doesn't have it all on a silver platter. Soldier fights. A soldier does battle. A soldier goes to wars. And so, as a Christian, that is the life that is preserved for you. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this to give you the reality. And in fact, it's 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 it's, it's an adventurous life. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's a great life. It's a victorious life. I mean, you ever watch movies? And, 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 and the villain is just bland and, and not interesting. Such a movie is not, it's not a good movie, is it? But one that the villain is active, one that the villain, the villain is strong, the villain needs to be contended with, you know. Yeah, the villain can hold his ground against the hero. That is the kind of movie that, 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 that makes our mouths water. That's the kind of movies that, that pique our interest. And in the long run, you said that the, the, the victory that the hero has over the... Over the feeling is is noteworthy and so don't think of the christian life as some uh, a life of pleasure a life of 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 roses you know you bed and roses no that that's not the life um it's 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 a life that you need to fight but it's not it's not it's not the kind of fighting that you are struggling to fight okay it's the kind of fighting that you are assured of victory because Christ has already paved the way, has already won the battle for us, and we just need to walk in that victory. So you need to endure. Okay, this in this Christian life, you need to endure. What does endurance means? Simply put, endurance means to bear patiently. To bear patiently. So you know, th- there are times that you, you face hard times. I need to bear patiently. But most of the time, um, the Bible says that the, the trials of the righteous, the afflictions of the righteous are, are many, but the Lord delivers him out of each one. That, that, that's the comfort. you know, And that's why you, you do not need to give up. That's why you do not need to run. Because the Lord delivers us out of each affliction that we face. That's what makes the Christian life so and, 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 and attractive. Because you fight and you fight to win. You don't fight to lose. Hallelujah. How the devil? How does the devil do or, or tempt us? You know, in this kind of manner. How does the devil um, work his way by tempting us while we endure? He does it through two tools: doubts and deceptions. So, in this Christian life, as we are called to endure, and as the devil tempts us in these avenues. That's it through two tools by deceiving you and by planting doubts in your head. For instance, you're a Christian, probably you never heard this gospel, probably you never heard uh, about this message, and you thought that as a Christian, you're not supposed to struggle. 
and then you are struggling things are not going on well for you in fact instead of you know um, gaining profits from your business you're running at a loss your, your family your family is a mess you know there's no productivity in your life it's as if you are cursed and, and nothing you do succeeds and, and you're disappointed uh, anybody that promises you to uplift you doesn't fulfill that promise but you're a Christian you, 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 and you're a devoted one at that you're not just you're not a professing Christian you're a practicing Christian and then you're left to wonder does God really care about me that's the devil begins to plant these doubts in your head if you, if you don't understand the Christian work that's when it comes like are you sure God really loves you really <laughs> look at your life your life your life is in your life is in shambles your life is a mess you think he really loves you I mean you're not progressing you, you, you are stale and you are stagnant and nothing that you do ever prospers you are poor does God really love you God of opulence, a God of wealth. Can't he just bless you? I mean, can't he even produce a, a, a day's worth of meal for you? And you always have to struggle before you even eat. You always have to struggle before you cater for yourself, for your family. Are you sure that you're, you're serving God? Because maybe you've sinned. I mean, and he starts doing that. He puts doubts into you. Are you sure? Are you sure God is laughing? They say God is laughing. Are you, are you, do you really think He loves you? Man, He doesn't love you. Woman, He doesn't love you. Just, just curse God. Just leave Him. Come, come follow the world. In it, you have joy. In it, you. I mean, look, look at your friend in the world, and he's deceiving you, and he's planting doubts into your mind. That's how he does it, and and it becomes incessant. And if you don't hold your ground, then you give in then you fail but like i said the bible says that we are not of those that draw back onto perdition but of those that believe unto the saving of the soul hallelujah by the end of this sermon you know and realize they need to stand firm unto the very end you realize they need to go through endurance as a part of your christian work you in fact by the end of this sermon you'd long for it because in the end you would know what glory awaits you Let's turn our Bibles to the book of St. James, chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. James 5, verse 10 and 11. I hope you are there. Okay, so I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, verse 10, My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord, as an example of suffering and patience verse 11 indeed we count them blessed who endure you have heard of the perseverance of job and seen the end intended by the lord that the lord is very compassionate and merciful we're going to take it again james chapter 5 verse 10 and 11 my brethren take the prophets who spoke in the name of the lord as an example of suffering and patience Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. But the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. You have seen the end intended by the Lord. The end justifies the means. As Christians, James is urging us to take a leaf out of the pages of the apostles, the prophets, and the fathers that came before us. Take a leaf out of how they endured even in their numerous sufferings. Every great man of God suffered. Just name them. Abraham, Jacob, Joseph. Name them. Moses. They all went through a kind of affliction or the other. And here, James is admonishing us that we count those who endure as blessed. Why? Because the end justifies the means. And he used the story of Job. He said, see, look at how Job persevered. And on the, in the end, how he was glorified. So the end will always justify the means. Because God is compassionate. There is a need for this. Never think that God is wicked or indifferent to your needs when you go through afflictions. 
did verse 11 of what I just read, our opening scripture, affirmed that he is compassionate and merciful. God loves you. You out there going through a kind of persecution or the other. You out there who is struggling to make ends meet. You out there who is doubting the love of God upon your life. You out there who is thinking that God has forsaken you. That God does not remember you. And that God does not care about you. Today I'm here to tell you the gospel truth. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God loves you. Verse 11 of what we just read. It says that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. He is compassionate and merciful. He says, cast all your burdens upon me because I care for you. God cares for you. The Father loves you. Jesus loves you. He's not indifferent. And he has, it's not that he hasn't seen what you're going through or that he's wicked. No. He is compassionate and merciful. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. Let the devil be a liar. As we learned last week, the devil is the originator of temptation and suffering, not God. Because God, in his goodness, equips us with grace to victoriously come out of that trial or temptation we're facing. So it's the devil. It's, it's, it's all the devil. Because this world is under him. We, 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 we'll, take, we'll take some lessons from the book of Job. But we all know about Job, right? And we all know about who caused his suffering. It wasn't God. It was the devil. The devil was throwing a challenge. And God put his feet in Job. Now, this is why God allows some temptations to come unto us. Let, 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 let's, let's, let's see some reasons why God allows temptations to come unto us. I have three reasons. Three reasons why God allows temptations to come to us. So you might be thinking, I mean, why, why, if God loves us so much, why the need to allow temptation to come to us? Sure, God does not, uh, he is not a source of the, of the temptation. He does not cause the temptation. The devil causes temptation because we're in this world the world is under his control so what he dictates it happens however if you are a christian you are protected sure you will be tempted sure the trials and the afflictions will come but they cannot overcome you as they do some in the world so somebody may ask why would god even allow the devil to 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 try us to 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 cause us to go through some tribulations, some hard times. Why would he just allow the devil to do that? It's because of three major reasons. Number one, as I mentioned with Job, God wants to prove that you are a son. God wants the devil to know that he has faith in you. That is why he allows temptation to come to you. Number one is he has faith in you. Wow. God has faith in you. God believes that you will not fail him. God believes that you will endure unto the end. So he allows the devil to tempt you. When you read the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. What a testimony. And God has this testimony of all about of all his sons. He has this testimony about all of his sons and daughters. He says, have you considered my son? Have you considered my daughter? I, I, I am proud of him. I am proud of her. He, he will never let me down. She will never let me down. Do whatever you want to do with him. He or she will never let me down. It's like a, a, a father or a mother so much, you know, believing in his son or the daughter that he allows he allows the, 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 the child to take on challenges because he knows that the child will win. And that would, that, 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 would, that would 
Number one, give glory to the father. And number two, pick up the confidence of the child. The child may not even know that he or she can do it. But the father is like, look, I know you. I stay with you. I live in the same house with you. You, you can ace that test. I, you, you, you will kill that mathematics paper. That, that game, come on. I know you scored three goals. Look, my son is going to score three goals. Come and watch him play. That's how God is like. God believes in you. God trusts in you. So he tells the devil, look, you can do whatever you want to do with him. You can do whatever you want to do with her. He will never curse me. She will never lose faith in me. That's one of the reasons why God allows temptations or trials to come upon us. Because he believes in you. Number two, because he has already engraced you for success in everything. He has already engraced you for success in everything we can see this in first john chapter 4 verse 4 and also in second corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 first john 4 4 says that you are of god little children and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world god has already given you what you need for success he has already given you what you need for victory it's like a teacher who has taught his kids everything here in ghana we have we have we have a, a graduation exam that we write for students in senior high school um, other countries like the u.s canada and australia call it high school right here we call it senior high school so we go for three years from um, um, the first year to the third year in the third year we write a common exam known as the wasi west african secondary school certificate examination it's it's it's, um, it's an exam that um, um, students in their final year of high school are taking all across west africa and uh, we have a common syllabus that we go by and the teachers do their utmost best uh, and in diligence teach and prepare students for this exam so it's like the teacher is so much you know um proud and 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 he knows and believes that his students will ace the test so he teaches them and he knows what he's giving them so he tells them to go he doesn't need to be there for them he doesn't he doesn't need to go and teach them anything during the exam you know there, there's there are some cases where um, some teachers, you know, try to cheat, you know, by by sneaking in the halls and, and teaching their students. Some teachers don't do that. They, they don't even have the luxury because they know what they're giving to their students. That it is a requested for success. And the students cannot but pass the examination. That's what God does. That's why sometimes when you are going through some hard times, you don't feel like God is with you. Why? Because he has given you everything that you need. He doesn't need to be there. He doesn't need to be there. So you feel God is not with me. God has forsaken me. What you need is in you. He has given you the Holy Spirit. What more do you want? You have everything in you. He has engraced you. He has given you superior grace. So that he has given you your faith that overcomes the world. The Bible says when we became born again, that he gave us unto us a measure of faith. God has given you that faith to overcome the world. That measure of faith overcomes the world. So he knows that you can stand against that temptation. And 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 even puts it better. Yes, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. He always leads us in triumph in Christ. Always. Everything you need to succeed, to be a victor on the day of reckoning comes. Therefore, you cannot and you should not and must not be moved. Lastly, God allows temptations to come upon us because He wants to build our character. Yeah, God wants your character built. You can see this in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5, and then James 1 3. So, that, that, you see, this Christian life, um, we grow in this Christian life. We grow in faith, we grow in anointing, you know, we grow. We, we, we grow in the things of the Lord. We grow in our giftings. And you need to grow in your character as well. I mean, if you're a Christian and how you perceive God 
you've been a Christian for five years and how you perceived God the first day you became a Christian is how you still perceive God then I hate to break it to you but you are not you are not being a good Christian Romans chapter 5 verse 3 to 5 and not only that I'm going to read it very quickly and not only that but we also glory in tribulations wow knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character is it this person we glory in tribulations why because he knows that there's there's a certain intended result that is even to his own benefit and that should be your mindset in christ today as you take on challenges as you as you face tribulations you should glory because you know that the tribulations produce perseverance and what does the perseverance produce it produces character character god wants your character built some versions even use the approved character Perseverance approved character. You become more and more pleasing to God. And what does this character produce? It produces hope. And listen to what the verse 5 says. It says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. Amen. Hope does not disappoint. God wants your character built. James 1 3 also puts it into perspective. He says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. Produces <laughs> produces perseverance. When you read the verse, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Because in the end, you are building an approved character. A character that can be approved both by society and ultimately by God. This is why God allows temptation to come to, to, to sorry to come unto us. This is a, it's a blessing in disguise. Glory in tribulations, hallelujah. You don't have to feel all down and all weak and, and all scared of temptations. No. Face them head on. God allows them for a reason. How you grow? Parents who don't allow their, their, their children to take on challenges take on duties in the house those children are not responsible these train us tribulations this christian is a training the tribulations the 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 the, 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 the trials they train us they make us approved christians we 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 uh, our pastor normally says this to us my, my pastor at church to George Kingsley and Malcolm. He normally says, says, Look, God doesn't rear his children, he trains us. When you when, when you are rearing uh, animals, what do you do? You feed them, give them everything they want, you fatten them up. They don't do anything. You are always providing for them because in the long run, their end is, is, is just for, for your own benefit, for your food, for your money, sales, or something. But God trains us. That's what Jesus said. Look, henceforth, I will make you a fisher of men. He told Peter. First, he provided for him. And he told him. And he, told, he said, look, you, you, shall be, you shall be a fisher of men. Yeah. He was going to train his hands that Peter would do what he is doing. Peter will now fish for men. And he did exactly that when Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. God trains you. God makes you responsible. That is why he allows these things to come unto you. So my brother, my sister, you only need to stand firm and through grace endure to the very end. Somebody might have just thought of this question. Well, Gabriel, how, how, how do I endure to the very end? How, how do I do that? Yeah, now, now I understand why I'm going through this hardship. I understand that it's all to the glory of God. I understand that in the end I'm going to be glorified. I understand that it is the will of God for my life as a Christian in order to train me. Because he will not even let the devil have me even while he's trying me. He will not let the devil have my life. Because he has equipped me with grace to handle this and to come out victorious. I know that. Thank you and God bless you for such a message. But how do I endure, Gabriel? How, how, how do I endure today? I want to endure but I don't know how. Well, the Holy Spirit 
gave me some insights that I want to share with you on how you would endure temptation until the very end. I think I have five here. Yeah. The first is you have to be self-controlled. And I have scripture to um, back each one. I have scripture to back each one. You need to be self-controlled. Um, let's go to First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. 1 Corinthians 9, 25. It says, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. You need to be temperate. You need to be self-controlled. You know, when when, when you're enduring temptation, um, you don't you don't you don't do what your body wants. Yeah. You don't you you, you wait and uh, temptation through endurance endurance here means to bear patiently so you need to you need to wait you need to control yourself you need to control your desires you don't have to give in to your desires you need to be praying in hard times the bible says is anyone afflicted i think it's in james let him pray you need to be praying and you can't pray if you're not controlling yourself control yourself to pray control yourself number two you know that the devil uses his wiles against us, right? So we need to quench them by the shield of faith. And as we are quenching them by the by the shield of faith, then we are enduring. Because when 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 you are when you are facing trials and persecutions, you know the devil is throwing the wiles at you, he's throwing his darts at you at every angle. So if you stay quiet. It's a battle. You need to fight back. You need to defend yourself. But if you stay quiet and the devil is deceiving you and he's coming after you, he's giving you nightmares and, 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 and he's attacking your business and he's attacking your finances and he's attacking your children and you are just there all sad and, and all, all, all modest and, and you are just withdrawn and you, 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 you are feeling so sorrowful and you want somebody to come console you. You keep on doing that and in the end, you will be defeated. So, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 that taking up the shield of faith wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Quench his fiery darts. Using the shield of faith. What is the shield of faith? Use your confessions. Speak out the word of God. The word of God has been given to us so that we may speak them forth. Speak out the word of God. Confess the word of God in your life. Confess that by my faith I am an overcomer. By my faith I win. By my faith I have dominion over this challenge. Proclaim to the devil. Tell him, devil, you cannot have my business. Devil, you cannot have my family. Devil, you cannot have my my, my wife, my daughter. You cannot have my son. You certainly cannot have my education. Speak to him. Confess these holy words of God in times of tribulation. And he will flee from you. That's using the show of faith. He's projecting a certain bleak and dark picture to you and you tell him this is not my portion it is the will of god that i come out of this temptation it is the will of god that i prosper and be in good health so if the devil is plaguing you with a sickness and he's telling that god does not love you tell him god loves me jesus loves me so he died on the cross for this sickness he showed this sickness and he died on the cross so he said in his word that by my stripes you were healed so i am healed i take forth my healing right now devil and there is nothing you can do about this when he's projecting to you a picture of defeat tell him that through my faith i have overcome the world because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world tell him i refuse to accept defeat because jesus christ triumphed over you you loser some two thousand years ago you are defeated you are harmless and harmless before me and walk above him walk trample upon him and into your destiny into your blessings as a child of God. You've got to use your confessions, brother. Number three, hold fast the profession of your faith. 
See what I'm doing? Speaking in tongues. That is one way to hold fast the profession of your faith. The Bible says that, I think in Jude 1 20, it says that prof, uh, speaking in tongues, you, you, you build up your most holy faith by speaking in tongues. You need to build your faith, you need to hold fast the profession of your faith. Let's read Hebrews 13, verse 23 quickly. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is what is faithful. Hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast the profession of your faith. You see, you ought to see the Christian life as an unabandonable one. You can't abandon it. So be ready to die for it and with it. Marriage, you know, was fashioned after as an institution by God. And it was fashioned after the life of the Christian. It was fashioned after Christianity. Because when you are going into marriage, there's nothing like divorce. You make it work. Even if you and your spouse do not see eye to eye, you need to make it work. Divorce is not an option in marriage. The same thing, when you become a Christian, living the faith is not an option. Going back is not an option. That's what the Bible says. We are not of those that draw back onto perdition. No, if you are a Christian, not of those that draw back onto perdition. No, 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 no. You can't say, I want to become a Muslim now. I want to become a Buddhist now. I want to become an atheist, a, a politist, whatever. No. If it's the portion of the world or if it's the portion of a certain sect, a certain group, it is not of us. That's what the Bible says. We are not of those that draw back onto perdition. No. You believe unto the saving of the soul. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You work it out. No matter what is going on in your life, you work it out. You are stuck on God. You are stuck on Christ Jesus forever. You cannot give up. No. You cannot. Just as you cannot divorce, you cannot divorce your spouse. You cannot give up. You are stuck. If if you see the Christian life like this, and at all times, no matter what comes your way, you have and strive to please the Lord and do what He wants you to do. Because you know that you are not giving up. So you can't do anything elsewhere. The Lord is your source of life. The Lord is your source of hope. The Lord Jesus is your source of provision. So you are stuck on Him. So you only do those things that are pleasing to Him. Number four. Love to please God more than pleasing yourself. If you want to endure in hard times, in persecutions, then you have to love to please God more than pleasing yourself. Remember I told you in the middle of this sermon that every man of God, every woman of God mentioned in scripture and those we see around, the genuine ones, they all went through tribulations and hard times. Why do you think they are here? Why do you think they endured? How do you think they endured? They loved God more than they loved themselves. I can give you examples. Look at Joseph. Joseph was in the arms of Potiphar's wife. <laughs> he could have done anything he wanted. He could have loved himself. He could have loved his pleasures. But he said, no, I cannot sin against God and I cannot sin against my master. You think you think it didn't have an erection? You think you think Potiphar's wife was not beautiful, was not pleasing to behold? You think he didn't have some sort of you know growing feelings, but he quenched them, he killed them. Why? Because he loved God more than he loved himself. Look at Job in his trials. The Bible says that in all of Job's trials, he did not sin against God. He didn't. He never cursed God. Why? Because he loved God more than he loved himself. He didn't love his riches, as the devil said. He didn't love his children, as the devil said. He didn't love his own body, his flesh, as the devil said. What about you? You love your belongings, your possessions, your properties, your pleasures more than God? Then you cannot endure. But like Job, if you do not love it all, 
that is God, true love for God that you hold in high esteem, seeking Him, is what is dear to you. Because it's all that matters. And you can endure to the end. I could go on and on. Elisha during the drought. You know, Jeremiah in the dungeon. Paul in his, in his persecutions. The apostles in their persecutions and their deaths. They counted all of these circumstances for naught. They did not love their own selves. But they loved God. They did not love their own lives even unto death. But they loved God. One thing was sure. In all of these examples I've just cited and many more, these great people of God just won't sin. They just won't give up. They will just obey and trust God. That is all you have to do. Number five on how you need to endure, on how you can endure, you must be patient for your blessing. James 5 7. Be patient. For your blessing. James 5 7, what does it say? It says that therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Wait for the Lord. The Bible says the Lord is faithful. God will not leave you or forsake you. Has He promised you a sin? Wait for its appearance. Has He promised you blessing? Wait for its fulfillment. Has He given you a prophecy? Wait for its attainment. Don't be in a rush. No. Don't go seeking um, prophets to pray for you. You can pray yourself. Seek the word of God. Listen to the word of God. Listen to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Have time. Have koinonia with God. And he will visit you. Deep calleth unto deep. Be patient. People have missed the mark. People have not endured because they were not patient. They moved from, from, from one prophet to, a, to another. And even if those prophets were real, these were false prophets. And so they've had their hopes dashed and then they will come and blame God. Instead of blaming their own fully and their own, you know, hurriedness. Be still and know that your father is Lord and is God. What are some of the importance of, 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 of enduring through temptations? I have about four of them listed here. So we'll go through quickly, then we close. James 1 4. Importance of enduring. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So when you endure, you are perfect, you are complete, you lack nothing. Number two, James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, you, 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 you've met the approved again. When your character has been approved, he says, he will receive the crown of life. So when you endure, you receive the crown of life. The crown of life is not just when you go to heaven, Jesus will give to you. In the in, in in after the end of your tribulation, you are being blessed. That's a crown of life, and ultimately in heaven, you are given a crown of life. Last but one reasons why we should endure. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter ten, verse twenty-two. All my readings are from the King um, New King James Version, Matthew ten twenty-two. It says that and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Salvation. Salvation is preserved for the one who waits on the Lord. So you are saved. You are saved. And you are blessed. You are given a crown of life. Lastly, from the book of Romans, we've already read the scripture. We're going to read it again. Romans chapter 5. Verse 3 and 2 5. Let's start with the verse 3. Romans 5, verse 3. It says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance. So, you, you get an approved character over here when you, when you, when you endure 
one benefit is that you are approved beloved endure to the end I'd like to talk about this before we end you don't need to blaspheme when you're going through hard times you don't need to try God when you're going through hard times what do I mean when you read Numbers chapter 21 verse 4 Numbers chapter 21 verse 4 you learn something very terrible about the Israelites something very horrific that they did it says then they journeyed from Mount Hall by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way and read the verse 5 the latter part of the verse 5 says why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness for there is no food and no water and our soul loathed this worthless bread wow they were telling God that their souls hated they really hated they really loathed the bread they called the bread worthless they blasphemed against the name of the Lord blasphemed against the blessings of the Lord. That is something you should never do when you go through hard times. Build on the results. God sends serpents among them to bite them because they blasphemed against his name. Are you going through hard times? Pray. Channel the energy that you use to blaspheme against God by trying God. By allowing the devil to, to to work through you and say things you're not supposed to say. I'm sick and tired of this God. What kind of God is this who allows bad things and negative things to come onto his children? Never say that. Of course, there's frustration, but channel that frustration through prayer. Just as King Hezekiah did. He said, Lord, have mercy on me. Remember my service, Lord. Remember that I am your child. Plead the blood. Because sometimes the devil can mount an attack so fiery, he can mount an attack so deadly that we are left with nothing but but anguish, but pain. And it seems that God has forsaken us, it seems that God has forgotten. It's, it's perfectly normal and human because even Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God incarnate, experienced such feelings when he hung on the cross, but he never blasphemed the Lord. He said, my Lord, my Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? He didn't even want to go to the cross, but he prayed for the will of God to be done. Pray for the will of God to be done. And like Job, he not blaspheme against God. Not be like these Israelites. You see, they did not just blaspheme about the circumstances. They were going to trying times. I mean... They were, they, were, they were walking about the, the wilderness, the desert, and there was no food and there was no water. Those, those are really trying times. They were discouraged as we learned. They were frustrated. However, they didn't appropriate their feelings well. They didn't pray. They didn't, they didn't ask for the will of God to be done. But on top of expressing their frustration and venting out their anger, they also blasphemed by saying that the blessings of God was worthless in their lives. Wow! The blessing of God can never be worthless. So you should never, ever try to, you know, even imagine it. Blaspheming against the name of the Lord. Blaspheming against the blessing of the Lord. It should never come into your mind. You should never even imagine it. And you tell God, I'm sick and tired of this life. I want to kill myself. You are despising the blessing of life. Job's wife was asked to curse God and live. He never did that. So the Bible says in Job chapter 21, in Job chapter 2 verse 10, that in all this Job never sinned against God. Let's endure. But the steps I've listed and more. I couldn't have listed all the steps. The Holy Spirit himself will, will, will teach you how to endure. The Holy Spirit himself 
will show you how to endure. Develop a close relationship with him and you will endure. In fact, when you develop a close relationship with God, you will love him and nothing can ever sink your love from him because the Bible says nothing can separate us from his love. So when we develop a friendship with the Holy Spirit, when you do that, you are blessed, you will endure, and you will never ever sin against God, even in tribulations. Be like Job, have an experiential knowledge of God. Experience God, know Him for yourself. That is when you can love Him and stick to Him at all times. 1 Corinthians 10 13 has this to say. Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 no temptation has overcome you except such as common to man but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What more do you need God to do? What more proof do you need that God loves you? There's no temptation will come to you except that which is common to men, except that which is common to Christianity. Uh, Peter says, I said, that which is common to the brotherhood, brotherhood of Christianity. But God is merciful, God is faithful. He has already made a way of escape for you. Apply that way of escape. Use your confessions, use your words, use your prayer. Use the power deposited in you by virtue of the Holy Spirit. And you shall be a victor. Hallelujah. Bow down your heads and let's pray and close. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Give us the grace, even as you've engraced us. To stand firm in this through temptation. Father, we want to please you at all times. We want to stay with you at all times. We do not want to sin against your holy name. Keep us in times of trials, in times of temptations. Be with us. Engrace us. Let us stand strong. Because in the end, we know that we are overcomers. Build our faith, grow our faith in you. Let we realize our victory and give glory to you who is in heaven. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. If this message blessed you, as I believe it has, share with your friends, invite them to be a part of this channel. Invite them to subscribe to this channel, share to your family, bless someone else, comment on it, let's engage. And I know that God shall glorify himself in our lives. God bless you. See you later next week for the final episode of this series. Bye-bye.